We are in the middle of the week, ladies and gentlemen, middle of the week. Alabama, Texas A&M this weekend, Saturday, 2.30 p.m. Central Time. Kickoff live from CBS via College Station, Texas, Cal Field, Crimson Tide, and those Aggies. You are back. Locked and loaded from the break. Hottest form, best form of Alabama football news, notes, and information you are going to find this being in my own words, the podcast. Yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Got a great segment planned for you guys today. But before we get into it, I got to say this right here. If you are enjoying the content being brought to you, by TDA in terms of Alabama football. Be sure to give a like on our YouTube channel to every show, like the shows, so that we can continue bringing you the best and cutting-edge content in terms of your Crimson Tide. The show has always been powered, sponsored each time by my good friends at WhitwillSports.com, that being Title Tile, the rally tile with benefits for the avid Alabama sports fan. It's only $9.99 that lasts a lifetime. So as always, people, you twirl, wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care, showing the support for your favorite fo- for your favorite football program, going to WhitwillSports.com and getting you a couple of those towels today. Got two special guests joining the hotline on this segment of shows. We'll start off with my good man, Mark Passwaters, who covers the Aggies for AggieYale.com, part of the Rivals Network. If not for that, we will jump into it with my man, Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine, as it's a big week coming up in recruiting for the Tide but we open up the phone lines right now with Mark Passwaters of AggieYale.com, part of the Rivals Network. My man, it's been a long time, but it's great to have you back on. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. We got uh, Mark Passwaters on here from AggieYale.com, part of the Rivals Network. Now, Mark, this is a huge game this weekend between uh, Alabama and Texas A&M, 2.30 p.m. kickoff, as I mentioned. And, uh, you know, this was one of the games that a lot of the talking heads preseason had circled to be a game where if Alabama was to drop a game, this would be that one, just due to the growth that Kellen Mond made at quarterback this past season, throwing the football the first year with Jimbo Fisher and how close the team was to beating Clemson and how it took LSU down to seven overtimes and won that matchup. But thus far, three and two on the year, not meeting the expectations that it had coming into the season. What is the pulse like at Cal Field coming into this matchup with Alabama? Uh, I think it's frustration. There's a lot of frustration because you look at it, nobody really expected A&M to go in to Clemson and beat them, but they expected to give them a game and they pretty much got manhandled for large portions of it. They did expect to beat Auburn, and frankly, they should have. They just played terribly. And then they came out and played just as bad against Arkansas and nearly lost that game. That would have been an unbearable disaster. You know, Kellen Mond really bailed them out now. Uh, you take a look at this team, Mond is better. The receivers, well, he's got three good receivers. But the offensive line has been very poor. The defensive line has not met expectations. Uh, the secondary has been hit or miss. Uh, just overall, it's not where fans expected the team to be. You know, obviously this is a multi-year process that 
Fisher is undergoing. The recruiting is very good, and they'll probably be a, an excellent team next year. But people expected them to be farther along right now than they appear to be. So, yeah, I think the frustration is the best word to put it. As of right now, Mark, and we are joined live via the phone lines here with Mark Passwaters of AggieYale.com, part of the Rivals Network, talking to Alabama, Texas A&M. If you're just tuning into the, the show here, the run game for the Aggies, not quite where it needs to be at, aside from Kellen Mond, especially when you're coming up in a matchup against an Alabama team that probably is not suffocating teams the way it once did. Still a pretty solid defense nonetheless, but a group that's allowing over 100 yards per game on the ground. How does A&M generate somewhat of a rushing attack aside from Kellen Mond at least to keep their offense on the field and try to tire out of this Alabama defense that's trying to you know, really get itself more so jump-started? I think that's the big question for the ballgame is basically how does AM run the football? Uh, they did have a bye week. They kind of went back to basics and, you know, got down to the nitty gritty, especially on the offensive line. Uh, you know, they, they've just got to play more physical football. They've got to be more disciplined up front. They make a lot of stupid mistakes, uh, you know, missing assignments, things of that sort. Uh, they got pushed around against Arkansas. That was very disconcerting. Uh, they should be much better than that. And maybe they will be after a week. They, they have some talent with Isaiah Spiller. Uh, Jacob Gabodi is a guy who can grind out some yards. He's not a, a big play guy. I don't think Spiller's going to have to be the option there. But they need to do, I think, is use some more run-pass option. Get to the edges. Get get outside. You know, it's going to require Mond to run some more. But you get, some, get Spiller outside, he can be a real threat. And, uh, you know, some misdirections. So they, they used some of that a little, a little against Arkansas, and it was effective. I think they need to do it some more. But basically, when it comes down to it, they just really got to gut up, get in there in the middle, and you know make a hole or two. And that's something that they have yet to do, and I think that is probably the biggest single source of frustration the fans have. Now, this week, Mark, in practice, I saw a lot of, in terms of Alabama, a lot of guys wearing number two, I guess, emulating Jamon Osborne and his ability to make plays on the perimeter. Nick Saban wanting a lot more of that breaking down, wrapping up tackling, not allowing a lot of the yards after catch, not allowing some of these guys that the Aggies have to break containment. But my question to you is, what makes Jamon Osborne so electric, so good once he's on the outside in one-on-one situations in space? What makes him so tough to bring down? He's big. He's physical. Uh, you know, you're talking about a guy who's 6'4", 215. Uh, you know, has very good hands. They've gotten better as the season has gone on. You know, the, he's becoming the guy that AM thought they were getting a couple of years ago. He's averaging 13 yards a catch, or 14 yards a catch. Uh, you know, he, he's lost a little weight. Last year, he was a little bit too heavy. This year, he's got his explosiveness back. He's got good hands. Like I said, he's Mon's primary target on third down. So he's a big guy that uh, Alabama's going to be watching for. I think they probably ought to be watching for one and 17 as well. Courtney Davis is the, another big receiver. He's, he's the speed guy. And then 17 is Anaya Smith, who's a true freshman and this kid is electric. 
He makes people miss in space. He can really make some plays. Uh, kind of reminds you a little bit of Percy Harvin. I mean, he's gotten progressively more opportunities to play as the season has gone on. So those are probably the three guys. But uh, of the three, Osmond has been target one. He's the biggest, he's the strongest, and so far this year he's been the best. Couple more questions here, Mark, as we are joined live via the phone lines. Touchdown Alabama Magazines, in my own words, with my man, Mark Passwaters of AggieYale.com. Be sure to check him out. AggieYale.com, part of the Rivals Network, does a great job covering Texas A&M. And defensively, Mark, Justin Metabrique, the main guy on the defensive front at nose tackle, got to have a big game from him, especially on a defense that only has eight sacks this uh, thus far this season. You thought you would have more with Mike Elko running that side of the football, but what do you want to see from this A&M defense? Who, who are the guys that you are targeting that need to have a game to where they can rattle to a Tagovailoa, they can exploit him a little bit, they can get this offense uncomfortable? Uh, well, Matabuike is the, the number one guy. Uh, he is one of the best defensive linemen in the SEC, if not the country. And his numbers show that. He's already got six tackles for loss, a couple of sacks, even has an interception. Uh, knocked out his former teammate, Dick Starkle, last, or two weeks ago in Dallas when a and Arkansas. Uh, he is quite the beast. Uh, but they have two other very good defensive tackles, too. And Bobby Brown, who was a guy that was committed to Alabama until National Signing Day two years ago, and then flipped to the Aggies. Uh, he's 330 pounds and takes up a lot of space. And then Jaden Peavy is the guy that will come in and substitute for both of them. He's six foot seven, about 310 pounds. Uh, he's made a lot of big plays so far this year. Not necessarily on the stat sheet, but being disruptive. So those guys in the middle are very good. But what you've got to see is more out of the defensive ends. Tyree Johnson and Michael Clemens are guys I had high hopes for at the start of the year. Uh, Johnson is a, a pass rusher who had a great end to 2018. Uh, had a really nice game against Clemson, but hasn't shown much since. Uh, Clemens is a guy that uh, they expected a lot of, even though he missed last year. Had a good game against Arkansas, so hopefully he's getting started. But they're probably going to have to get something out of Jeremiah Martin, who is a backup, another speed rusher. And uh, maybe true freshman DeMarvin Leal, who is a five-star number 10 player in the country last year and uh, has the potential to be dominant whether or not he's there yet we'll see but I think those four guys have really got to step it up and then Elko's just going to have to take his chances and win some that's one thing that he has been fairly hesitant to do until late in the game two weeks ago against Arkansas and all of a sudden a and started getting a tremendous amount of pressure so I think that uh, A&M needs to show a lot of looks they're going to have to come from different directions they're going to have to not be afraid to blitz. And then the guys are just going to have to flat out make plays. This game, Mark, kind of reminds me it kind of carries the vibe of the 2015 Alabama Ole Miss matchup at Brian Denny. And it was a game where, you know, Alabama on paper not supposed to lose that game, supposed to handle business. Unfortunately, some turnovers happened. Alabama turned the ball over five times. Uh, Ole Miss hit on a couple of passes deep down the field, some 50-50 balls, a couple of uh, fortunate bounces took place here and there, and Ole Miss found a way to win that matchup 43-37. to 37. Do you kind of get that same vibe 
from A&M to where it's got to hit a couple of big plays, a couple of big bombs, and hope to goodness that, you know, Alabama bust a couple of coverages? I think that that would certainly help. The biggest thing for A&M right now is to show up. Be the team that you're supposed to be. Uh, you know, we know what they're capable of being because they've shown it. Uh, but they have not done it consistently. If they go out there and put a complete game together for 60 minutes, they can compete with Alabama. They get some mistakes, get some turnovers, then they can win the football game. But they've got to come out. They've got to play some consistent football. Get a push up front. Get some pressure on Tua. These are things that they are capable of doing and yet not done them yet consistently. If they do that, then certainly the scenario you're, you're showing can happen. If they don't do that, then I don't think they've got a shot. They've got to come out and play legitimate football. And, you know, honestly, they've, they've shown it at times. They've looked good in the fourth quarter against Auburn. They moved the ball against Clemson, did not finish drives. That was a big issue. And they obviously responded when they had two against Arkansas. But they got to go out there and play for 60 minutes. Cannot play from behind. You know, they've got to put up a full effort in order to win this football game. He's Mark Passwaters from AggieYale.com coming on to In My Own Words, the podcast, talking about this matchup between Alabama and the Texas A&M Aggies set for this weekend at Kyle Field College Station, Texas, 2.30 p.m. Central Time kickoff via CBS. Mark, we appreciate you so much for taking time out of your day to spend time with us here. No problem, buddy. Once again, people, that was my good man, Mark Passwaters of AggieL.com, part of the Rivals Network, talking Texas A&M football with us as the Crimson Tide prepares for the matchup with the Aggies. Be sure to check him out. But we continue with the conversation on the In My Own Words hotline as my man is ready. He is in queue right now. We go to Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. He is the host of the show, The Process, on YouTube where he is really doing it like no one else, getting full live interviews with recruits, tracking this Alabama 2020-2021 class and beyond. Uh, Justin, welcome to the In My Own Words Hotline. What's going on? I'm doing pretty good, Stephen. How are you doing? Doing well, man. Cannot complain here. This is a big week for Crimson Tide football in terms of recruiting. Got a lot of guys at Kyle Field looking at the Crimson Tide, uh, respectively, for 2020 and 2021. But before we talk that, recently Alabama had a decommitment from a three-star offensive lineman for the 2020 class, a guy that's got a lot of ability, a lot of talent. Uh, my question is, what caused him to decommit? And then number two, you know, is this an issue with Alabama? Does Nick Saban already have somebody in mind to replace him on the board, especially with the potential of a tie losing both Alex Leatherwood and Jedrick Wills upon the end of the season? Um, I feel that Xavier Hill's decommitment from Alabama is not so much on Alabama. I don't feel that Alabama really pushed him out of this class. I feel that he wants to stay close to home. I think that he will possibly choose Mississippi State before his commitment is before his recruitment is over. So I don't think it's more of an Alabama thing. I think it's more of an Xavier Hill wants to stay more at home and wants to be part of the Mississippi State Bulldogs and possibly play for his home state school. So I definitely don't think it's a Alabama thing. 
thing, but moving forward, I feel, and I said this on the process a couple of times, that the offensive line position was not a priority for Alabama in the 2020 recruiting cycle, because when you look at the 2019 recruiting cycle, Alabama pulled in a large haul with guys like Evan Neal, Pierce Quick, Darian Dalcourt, Tanner Bowles, among other guys, and they also added on Landon Dickerson, so Alabama pulled in a large haul of guys in the 2019 recruiting class, which made the uh, 2020 recruiting class not a huge priority for offensive linemen and also when you look at the fact Alabama does lose possibly two offensive linemen at the end of the season but that doesn't mean that Alabama wants to just bring in a large amount of guys in the 2020 recruiting class with Xavier Hill's the commitment they do have they, they still have commitments from Seth McLaughlin and Damian George so Alabama does still have commitments from two offensive linemen but they but they may not be possibly done with the offensive lineman group when you look at the fact that a 6'7", 310-pound offensive lineman out of Mobile, Alabama is still considering the tie. And Alabama is picking up their push for him at the moment. So I definitely think Alabama may not be done with the offensive line group. But it wouldn't surprise me if they went other ways and filled their 2020 recruiting class with other guys. Now, Justin, in terms of just this weekend, there's got to be quite the number of guys going down the Kyle Field to watch this game, take in this game, and do some inventory. So are there any top targets that Alabama's looking at, considering that are high on the radar, high on the board right now, that we could expect to be at College Station this weekend? Well, I'm not really sure about the as far as, as far as being at Kyle Station. I mean, being at College Station. But one of the things I really want to bring to an attention that could be a possibly big recruitment battle between Alabama and the Texas A&M Aggies is the recruitment of five-star running back Zachary Evans, who is the number one running back in the nation in the 2020 recruiting class. Evans is a guy who is still considering Alabama, and he's also still considering the Aggies. So I think that is a big recruitment battle that's going down in the 2020 recruiting. Class class between Texas A&M and um, Alabama. So I definitely think that that's a battle to look out for if as you're looking at Alabama taking on Texas A&M, Texas A&M this weekend. But Alabama and the Aggies will always be foes on the recruiting trail. On la in the last recruiting cycle, Christian Harris, the starting linebacker for Alabama at the moment, was once committed to the Aggies and flipped this commitment to the tie. So they're going to continue to be foes on the recruiting trail. But that is one guy that I would look out in the 2020 recruiting class that could be a battle between the Aggies and Alabama. It's Justin Smith, ladies and gentlemen, joining us live via the In My Own Words hotline talking Alabama recruiting, the lead scout and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Check out the process, folks, every Monday and Wednesday. That's the man, Justin Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, graciously joining us live here to talk Crimson Tide recruiting on the week of Alabama, Texas A&M. Thank you, Justin, so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Steven. Real awesome getting the opportunity, folks, to hear from uh, my good man, Justin Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine and also Mark Passwaters of AggieYale.com. Just some final thoughts here from yours truly on this matchup between Alabama and Texas A&M. Uh, I kind of go back to it does give off that vibe of the 2015 matchup between Alabama and Ole Miss inside Bryant-Denny Stadium. On paper, uh, the Crimson Tide should not lose this football game, despite the fact that, you know, A&M's got talent coming in here with Kellen Mond, its quartet of wide receivers led by Jamon Osborne at Kyle Field. But Crimson Tide definitely going to look to generate the run game. And if 
the likes of Chris Owens, who has been limited in practice this week, dealing with a slight knee injury that he sustained over the bye week. If Chris Owens is still showing signs that he cannot go, be on the lookout for Landon Dickerson, who will start at that center position of the offensive line throughout this week from left to right. Has looked like Alex Netherwood at left tackle, left guard Evan Neal, Landon Dickerson at center, right guard uh, Deontay Brown, and right tackle Jedrick Will. So should be a very interesting matchup this weekend between Alabama and Texas A&M from College Station. If the Crimson Tides defense goes out here, plays in dominant fashion, able to stop the run, able to contain Kellen Mond, not allowing him to break and tear in the pocket, and also show that perimeter tackling in the secondary on these big-time wide receivers. And along with that, if Alabama's offensive line with this group goes down, lays down the law, creates the balance in the running pass game. I don't think Alabama should have a problem in this matchup with the Aggies. Well, folks, that's going to take us to our final break here on In My Own Words, the podcast, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. As always, you download the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. Do that right now. Do that today. You can get this via the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you've got the Android phone. Podcast options is always available for you at the bottom of the screen. Check those out. You can also subscribe to TDAlabamaMag.com to stay in the know and Touchdown Alabama Magazine on YouTube. Joining the site, it's got over 1 million video views and over 5,000 subscribers strong. Thanks to you, the fans. Upon our return, we will recap the matchup between Tide and Aggies. Don't go anywhere, folks. You're listening to In My Own Words. 